Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you in proud partnership with Guinness. Before we start, it's England v France this weekend and we have two tickets to give away to the game. To be in with a chance to win, all you need to do is get on Twitter and send a compliment to an opposition player, past or present, and tag us in. We're bringing nations together. We're also looking for two super fans to represent the pod and England as flag bearers on the pitch at Twickenham on Saturday. So if you want to be in with a chance to win that, just sign up on Patreon. Sign up, I could run on the England or the French flag. Yeah. Next to Bastero, here Bastero, yeah, Bastero, yeah, Darren Caves here. Would you like to run on the uh, Irish flag if you had the chance these days? About oh, as close as you're going to get to the, to oh, the action. Oh, oh, oh wow. the road. I haven't even sat down. Wow. The weird fish has destroyed me. Mate, you can't wow. say that. The Red Ring Rose is injured. This could be my week. Could be. You know? Well, I, I'm going to guess no because I'm here. Never you know? say never. Well, exactly. Never say never. Stranger things have happened. I mean, what a Kiwi thing to say. What yeah. a way to be welcome to the show. Yeah, it's I good. Know. To, here, can I just say it's good to be here? It's great to have you. You're obviously English this week, right? Or oh my goodness, I'm England till I die. I'm England till I die. You are English, Jim. You have played for England under 20s. Matt, I'm English. Called look it. at you on the bandwagon. Even though Scott's on the top of the Six Nations table, he still wants to be English. Yeah, yeah. They are. Did you just say that again. Scotland or what? Top of the Six Nations. Yes, they are. Well, we'll get uh, to more of the Six Nations shortly, but um, you're back, in, back playing for Ulster now. How's, how's things going? Yeah, since I was last here, I've made a big impact. Yes, you um, have. Carried us through to the quarterfinals of uh, Europe, some would say, with two uh, two performances not off the bench. Well, that's, mate, you always need people that are on the bench. Everyone knows they're not getting on, but when the boys are warming up, when the team is scoring tries, they jump in and celebrate with them. Like, you're the man. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's, it's like you're like the glue. You're like the glue to that team where it's like, KV, he's a fucking good lad. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was at, at the stage now where so at Ulster when you're on the bench, get the kit on, put a jumper on, then you put on a bib, and like I'm at Welford Road and people are shouting, "Yeah, okay, mate, get your bib off, mate!" I'm going like, this is what my career has come to. People and, hurling abuse about my bib. And how are you about that? Because I learned to embrace that towards the end. I almost become like a cult hero. So I've gone from being a legend on the pitch to the, like that legend that just runs around interacting with fans and just being accessible. Are you embracing that now or? Are you still in that kind of embarrassment of only getting on if there's 15 points ahead? Nah, like I think it's I think it's funny. The boys be, are playing real well, and Will Addison's been great for us. And if I was a coach, I wouldn't be dying to take off a winger and reshuffle the whole back line to put me on for. Oh, uh, okay. I I mate, don't let Andy Rowe don't yeah. let Andy Rowe well, bring you down. And yeah. you've gone for the air tie again today. The air tie's on again. Like, how, again how, today. how tight does that collar look? Yeah, why why do you look so dressed up? This is the most dressed. I mean, most dressed. Well, you've seen him naked a lot. Once. This is the most dressed he's ever once, seen me. Once, once. <laughs> yeah, KV sent me a naked picture by mistake. Yeah, uh, I have a bush. A couple yeah. of days off at Irish. the minute, so we are uh, the missus over, and we're going to musical tonight. Oh, really? Very nice. <laughs> no, James. Please. Sorry, sorry, I just got <laughs> carried away. It's a musical. Sorry, it's yeah. the wrong tone. That's his wife. We're going to see Hamilton. She's seen Hamilton. You said she's seen Hamilton, right? Goody, why have you been so horrible? Horrible bloke you are, Jim. Hamilton. It's a musical, isn't it? In Victoria. It's a musical, yeah. Yeah, in Victoria, near my office, actually. Okay. Supposed to be good. Well, I'm sure with a name like that, it'd be bloody great. Yeah, so I'm dressed up. I uh, had to sort of put on something a bit decent because, you know, we're doing probably uh, grab a quick Nando's beforehand. Oh, Nando's. God. She's better than Nando's. Mate, You've got Nando's. Better than that, mate. We don't have time because you guys were all bloody late, do we? Should we get into the rugby now? Should we start in Dublin? We are the best oh. team in the world, aren't we? Yes, we're, we are. we're winning the Grand Slam and the World Cup. You yes, heard it we here are. First. Yes, you we are. You heard it here first. Yes, we are. I told you from day one, love Eddie. Love everything about him. <laughs> if He's Farrell like goes down, we've got Ford. We've just we've just got the lot. We're loaded. Coley's going to come back. <laughs> we just it's just uh, how good though England. And do you know what? Eddie's learned his lesson, hasn't he? Think back to the last Six Nations when the boys were getting flogged. Training was absolutely brutal. We had no energy. We played in one of the fallow weeks. We played Georgia and lost behind closed doors. He speaks to the lads that on the on the training camp in in Portugal, and training was. It was intense, but at the right level, not for a ridiculous amount of time. And then you see a performance like that at the weekend where they've got energy, they're bouncing, they're smashing people. You know, it helps that you've got Billy Mako, Mako making 23 tackles, Manu coming off the first line out straight over the top. Can you imagine that's your first defence? Your man. 
<laughs> your first defence set. Manu straight over the top. I'd be like, oh, shit, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, You've um, got to pull up with cramp, haven't you? Yeah, oh, you're first right. minute of the game. <laughs> you're right. I was shocked when I saw the team. I liked the look of the England team. Um, Eddie, Eddie was okay, wasn't he? He was okay for the first... One thing I've been critical of England is his selections. I used to look at their team, and like we've spoken about it before, if it's Noel in the centre, if it's insistent on playing a second row at number six. That was the first time I looked at an England team in a, in a long time and was like... Shit, that is a bloody good team. I, I love that centre pairing. Yeah. Big fan of Jack Noel. I think Farrell is a world-class 10. I'm not sure he's a world-class 12, so I don't know why they would play him in the centre. Uh, so I did think they had a chance, but I didn't think they were capable of beating Ireland like that. Yeah. A, so convincingly. Yeah. B, physically. And even tactically. Yeah. I knew we would. I knew we would. <laughs> I, I called it. I called it last week. I called uh, it last week. We did, Jim. We did. I wasn't surprised by that performance, and I did speak about it last week. They have the bit between the teeth. Eddie, as much as he'll deny it, clearly listens to the podcast. He does. He's, he's told me. I, I think Farrell obviously has a huge influence on that group and the leadership and probably the way that they want to play. But maybe it was the grand plan all along. Last year, he came out and said, we're flogging them now because when we get into next season, we get into the, the World Cup year, we want them to have been through them processes. And there was talk of them manufacturing their training weeks that will look like the World Cup and what they're going to be planning there. And they've wanted to do that a year before. I don't know if that's true. That's what Eddie told me when he came around for dinner um, that he was looking at. But no, I mean, it was it was amazing. Yeah, was amazing ta- like you said, tactically, it was spot on. And you think about the kicking game. Everyone talks about Ireland's kicking game. We bossed the kicking game, didn't we? Yeah. You take Johnny May, for example. And I'm sat there before the game thinking, if you're looking for a weakness, you know, Johnny May against Ulster was out of position a fair bit, wasn't he? Not great under the high ball you know, for, for Leicester. You stick him all in an England shirt. Johnny May was unbelievable. Mate, how raging would you be if you're Leicester coach? You've got the chicken running round like that for England. You know, he's obviously, Johnny May's got this whole thing about a chicken lives inside of him. Yeah. Bog, bog! Like, he does well, that in meetings. I mean, like a character you wouldn't believe. Like, he's got Tourette's. So when I was at Gloucester and I was captain and we'd just been beaten by Treviso or something at home, trying to put a bit of serious stance in the meeting, get up in the front, talking about it's not good enough, the Gloucester performance, it's embarrassing. Next thing, Johnny May is at the front of the meeting wearing a pair of cycling shorts, his Gloucester training top and a pair of mug boots and literally bursts into a bok, 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 in the middle of the meeting. <laughs> I am like, what is going on? Walk into the change room after, Johnny, what are you doing? Now, Andy Hazel, one of the other lads, said that he saw him doing this. He was putting cashew nuts in his Ugg boots, pretending that his Ugg boot was a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and that he's feeding the chicken. Anyway, I'm looking at the weekend and I'm like, the chicken's actually a very good player. He's a very good player. But you'd be raging if you're a Leicester coach and you're watching Young Z, you're watching Manu, you're watching Johnny, and maybe it's a Leicester thing, I don't know. But their performances were exceptional. Why are you so horrible about Leicester? I'm not, why are you saying that? <laughs> why are you I, saying they're not performing at Leicester? I didn't, I didn't think I said that, to be honest. I think you did. But yeah, I mean, to a man, they were phenomenal. You look at Farrell's kicking game, right? And they obviously targeted... Henshaw playing at fullback and trying to positionally put a few kicks in, but they targeted Earls as well. And those kicks that he put on, now, if you're talking in tactically in a game, you're looking at your 10, you're going, right, we're going to put some eyeballs over there. If I'm playing, I'm thinking, right, the last thing I want to do is put it straight out. So I'll probably bring it in about 10 metres, 10 or 15 metres from the touchline. So put some height on it. It ain't going straight out. You know, and if they win the ball, you know, we can still smash them. Farrell's kicks, the pinpoint accuracy of those kicks, Earls has taken it a yard from the touchline. And getting absolutely banged by everyone, including Tom Curry, absolutely smashing him off the ball. Which um, I don't think there's anything wrong with. It's a tiny bit late, that's it. But yeah, it just tactically, you, you think about the kick through from the line out when Henshaw was slightly out of position. And what it does is it makes people now appreciate Rob Carney and how much you miss someone when they're not there. Henshaw was a quality, and he was good in broken field at times, Henshaw, yeah, he wasn't was, he? Yeah. But positionally, there were. You know, obviously issues there because he's not used to playing there. The big turning point for me was when, and no one said enough about this, Elliot Daly's trial when he puts the grubber kick through, Stockdale's going back and everyone's like, oh, Stockdale's just got to clear that up. But if you watch it back, Jack Knoll puts him under proper pressure, tackles him as he's sort of got the ball in one hand and uses the, the a technique to try and release the ball from him. And Stockdale doesn't get a chance to actually get it and put it down. And that was the turning point for me because Ireland were on top before then. And then we just go on and grow and grow and grow and absolutely smashed the Irish which was great to see mate we did we did 
What was wrong with the horse? What was wrong with Stockdale? Yeah, I think it's one of those days whereby, you know, when you're in the back scooty and you just can't get any momentum and it's just impossible for anyone in the team to sort of really yeah. flourish. And interesting what you say about Farrell's kicking, because I noticed that as well from his kickoffs. Even the very first kickoff, Earl's caught it maybe three metres in from touch. Yeah. They went, ran a runner off nine, who got absolutely binned, and then Murray put that box kick out, and that's as poor an exit as you get from Ireland. Next thing, the ball's over the top to Manu, and they're, they're around them. Um, but I think it all came back to those collisions. Every team's a momentum-based team. Ireland could not get momentum. So what did they do? What they always do, they went to the air. And England, um, their sort of shepherding lines were very good. Yeah. They were brilliant in the air. And it doesn't matter if you're Ireland or New Zealand, if you can't run forward and you can't get the ball back through kicking, like you're in a bit of bother, aren't yeah. you? So I think it's I think it's one of those games that it would have been tough to really stand out as a back, you know, slow ball on yeah. the back foot. Um, but I, I was so impressed with England. And as I, I didn't think they were capable of winning to that sort of level no and you look at it and and people questioned uh, John Mitchell coming in as England defence coach because of the way he's been in previous uh, environments that he's been in especially over in England people question whether him and Eddie, Eddie Jones could work together because the their sort of characteristics as people would they clash heads too much but our defence ridiculous was unbelievable unbelievable and that's all him that's all the work that he's put in which you know you talk about it as a back you get no momentum you're going nowhere you look across that whole England team every player was up bouncing trying to make tackles making big hits Manu ragdolling people out of rucks and stuff like that Sexton just got flipped like he was a a 10 stone winger He he looked injured Sexton yeah. He wasn't in the game at all, was he? Yeah, so again, it's tough on the back foot. I saw a picture of Mitchell. It looked like from training. He was wearing a tackle suit. Did I not see yeah, that? Loves in... it. Oh, here he is. Loves it. Just loves the body to body contact. I was thinking this guy's gone in and like he has set the tone. He said, "Somebody come and like he's I'll show you how to tackle." Yeah. <laughs> and he, he likes sharing with the lads as well, apparently. Don't we all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yes, we do. Yes, we do. But you talk about Sexton and his game. You see him lose his head with Conor Murray. Him and they're having a bit of a set two on the field. Oh, I didn't notice. No, that's about, I wouldn't be like them now. Well, Johnny, Johnny gives off at, at everyone. That's just the way he gets on. But um, I've never really seen those two go out at that much. Conor Murray went, yeah. fuck off. Yeah. And actually, fuck sorry. Off, yeah. It's interesting what you say about Carney as well. Because I noticed that it, when, when he plays, like he's gone some ridiculous number of games without scoring a try. But when he doesn't play, like how many times did the ball bounce? Yeah. How many times did Conor Murray go up for a box kick? And it wasn't that Robbie Henshaw was doing anything wrong. Or it just was that more that something wasn't right the ball was bouncing when it shouldn't or we just weren't getting I think Conor Murray took a box kick and got bundled in the touch once yeah. just stuff that doesn't normally happen um, so I do I do think Ireland missed him but, but that's the accuracy for me that's the accuracy of England's kicking yeah good kicking and, and their chase and you can't you know there's little things that when you're in a team like you're training at Ulster and stuff like that they talk about minute details and the difference between the top teams and, and the teams that are mid-table and, and the bottom are just little things like that that you turn an amazing precise kick that's landing a yard in from touchline and your defence hose them into touch or a kickoff you know a, a chase from a winger that forces that guy to just go straight to deck in a tackle whereas you know the kickoff might not have enough hang time which means they run it back it's an easier exit it's all pressure on pressure and that's what England was so good at they won the pressure game across the field and when you've got stats like Mako making 23 tackles Jamie George we haven't mentioned him yet he made 19 tackles the dominant tackles I think as well yeah just and I think England missed a lot more tackles but it yeah. doesn't matter because they were just people saying when people were going on Twitter what, what's the definition of a dominant tackle I was going basically it's when you get ended yeah but they even, were even very the very good even the stats though the Irish stats weren't too bad in terms of the attacking meters made and carries and all that stuff the game was won for me on the physical physicality and brutality of England's defense and the pressure game yeah, you look at Stander as well his face it was mangled yeah it was mangled yeah like someone of his quality and the amount that he carries as well and he comes off face I know it's obviously unfortunate Swollen like mine isn't it <laughs> what, mate, literally I was going to send you a picture and say mate he's been eating the same stuff as you do you know the um, exciting thing from an English point of view certainly not for me well, grand slam. Easy, easy grand slam now isn't it if their discipline had been better they'd have won by more yeah the yellow card was debatable but it was stupid play regardless of what you think the decision was yeah. if they hadn't given away you know 8, 9, 10 penalties and a yellow card they'd have won by more but who was refereeing I mean Jerome Garces <laughs> England got the rub of Jerome Garces but oh what a cowboy I hate to say it England comfortably won the game and that would never have changed even if you had a different referee again you know he didn't even go back to the forward pass from Slade yeah, to Johnny I was going to say what, do you, do you think that's a forward pass he passes the ball before the halfway line and Johnny May catches it on the, on the halfway, halfway line. But he also 
the is ball it, never it, overtakes him. Yeah, is it hands going backwards as well and all that stuff? For me, as a fan, I think it should be play on. It clearly goes from, like, say, 45 metres to 50. Yeah. But because Slade continues his run, obviously, as he scores, the ball never overtakes him. And do you know what? It was beautiful attack, wasn't it? A hell of a ball. Just and it's obviously they found something in it. That first try as well was all about Farrell's flat pass. Oh, beautiful. Earl's too tight in. Same thing with Johnny May when he puts the kick through the flat ball there beating the edge uh, of Iron's defence and then the, you know Johnny May's shin that bounced perfectly yeah wasn't um, it left yeah. <laughs> big left really was but I thought I mean that on half time uh, Mako that could have been given the double movement I thought yeah. that was quite a I'm not I just thought it was quite a close call. Yeah, yeah. They had one I, think, the, I think that's probably the right call, though. Yeah, there was one in another game. Was it the the big game, the Scotland Italy game? There was a double movement that wasn't given. I think they're 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 consistent on that. If there's any any doubt, they won't give it. Yeah. A double movement. His knees were on the floor, weren't they? Yeah, that was yeah. the thing. But then, yeah, you know, Gar says on that try, Henry Slay's try. Gar says like, I know checking the pass. Yeah, and not check it. No, I five. <laughs> the team actually says, doesn't he? So you don't want me to look at the pass. Yeah. yeah. Are you just sat there? But, and, and I actually think with world rugby. Ireland playing England, over in Dublin, two English-speaking teams. You've got three French officials. So you've got the ref, Gar says, Roman Poit, Jim's mate, Roman Pat. And then you've got a Kiwi TMO. Um, Plenty of Kiwis. And, and I mean, the, what, what's so, he thinking? There was no fluid conversation between... Like, either have a French TMO where they can actually converse properly and not feel awkward about talking a language that... Clearly, Jerome Garces doesn't want to talk here. This is a, is a, a play on. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I don't understand. Why not have someone like... It's the biggest game of the Six Nations, that was. Ireland, number two team in the world. England, you know, what everything that they bring. Stick Nigel Owens in charge. I mean, how hard is it as a player now playing? The best refs are saying, hands off, right, tackle a roll, and you do it. And the best refs, listen to Wayne Barnes, he's saying it in French as well. It's proper pigeon French that he's saying it in, but... What's pigeon French? Well, it's... It's what pigeons talk. That's good. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> Mate, you're actually literally turning me on a little bit now. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. That, I do um, like that. Pigeon I just, French. I just, yeah, pigeon French. I right. can do an owl noise. So oh. I live in the countryside. I'm with the kids, and like, you know, dad goes and hides, you know, in the bushes. When he's there. Hey, yes, he there. Does, yes, he does, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he does with mum. Um, <laughs> and then I say, kids, can you hear the owl? How good. good is that? That's good. Yeah, you, you found something you're good at for your kids. Well done, James. Exactly. So they, they're liking Dad now. But the kids don't know that it's me, but they kind of think it's me, but I've told them that it's not. And it's just yeah. so, like, you know, it's just so great, you know, when we're out there and on the owl and in the bushes with Mum. And... With your bush as well. Yeah. You think Garcia's can uh, speak an owl? No, but he's definitely got a bush, without a doubt. <laughs> Should we go back to the rugby? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, off topic there. Yeah, anyway, so I don't, yeah, Gar sorry. says, Jerome Gar says, oh, it went England's way, but... Every time he's refereeing or even Roman Poit, you're like, what's going to happen here? It's comical, though. Like, I, I do enjoy it. Do we need to um, start giving Eddie Jones a bit more credit now and maybe think last year was part of the grand plan? Always said it. Always said it. I knew he was going to come good. And, yeah, big big fan of Eddie. What did you say last week? Yeah. I said that England were going to win. <laughs> I said that England were going to win. And, and I want to publicly apologise to the millions, Jack Knoll. When, when it wasn't you... quite seven. It was more a six. Played on the back row. At the weekend. So, Eddie Jones, I know you're listening. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that I ever doubted you. Speaking of the back row, uh, they performed quite well. It's the first time that they had uh, performed together as a team, it's, as with the centre pairing as well. Do you think now that's the, the best lineup that England have got moving forward and they should just stick to it? Or do you think there's going to be more rotation? How good was Mark Wilson again? Phenomenal. That, that's what he's I, done. I can't believe how good he is. Yeah. Why? Because that's what he does every time he plays. Because he's. But in a shit Newcastle team is what you're yeah, yeah, Horrible, Jim. No. <laughs> I kept that team up. Matt, I wasn't going to say that. He just looks so fit. He looks so stretchy. Like, he just moves so well. I thought he was old school. And he is a bit old school. Like, he's got an old school element to him. But I'm watching him. He is so good. Yeah. One of the best things that came out of the game about Mark Wilson at the weekend, I think it was Mako that said it. So obviously there's a break in play and Mark Wilson absolutely loves a war, loves the physicality all that stuff. And you know when you have a break in play... And like certain players will talk and say stuff, and some boys are just there sucking in the big ones, trying to get their breath back. Mark Wilson comes over, lads, lads, how fucking good's this? <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of thing you want to hear, and it's 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 great. He's he's a proper bloke as well, you know. And he just because he plays for Newcastle and he's not a big name, he's the sort of person that you know people are now surprised. You don't be surprised because if you've watched him, this is what he does time after time after time. Yeah, but the, the, 
I'm, he's now on the big stage doing it. Right? He's now on the big stage, but he's stepped up yeah. to that level, yeah. as in and to, and to be better. Curry was ridiculous as well. I thought. Yeah. You know, he's like a how old's Curry? Twenty one. Ridiculous. He's got a lot of penalties. He's got a lot of penalties. Yeah, I mean, he does. I mean, the yellow card is debatable, and he does the odd silly thing, but. He's in people's faces. He's smashing. He people. was all over Sexton. Do you yeah. see him? Even when Sexton goes down. Well, we've got someone who can uh, tell us a little bit more about the game. He wasn't there, but he's been there before. No, you haven't. You uh, haven't got who, someone who, that who's can this? tell you more about it. You're a donut or what? Who's this on What's the end of the line? Hello, lads. Andrew, James, how are you? We're good, thank you. Is We're this good. Joe Marler? Mate, we got yeah, we, we got back. Darren Cave. We got Darren Cave on as well. Be nice to him. He's, oh, hello, Daz. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, Jill. How are you? Yeah, not so bad, mate. <laughs> Uh, Joe, how disappointed are you that you weren't there and making another 25 grand instead of being in Dubai cleaning nappies? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> no, I wouldn't say I was disappointed. I was I was gutted watching it, going, God, I'd love to have been part of that. Um, Where were you? Where were you watching it? Just, just, was, just set the scene. I was, at, I was at a pub, a very empty pub, with my son and my best mate. Guinness in hand, no doubt. I had a Guinness in hand and a bowl of chips. Having a lovely time. But yeah, it was brilliant, mate. It was unbelievable watching. And so pleased for the boys. I was just gutted that I wasn't allowed in the in the bookies because I had a five-year-old with me. But how, <laughs> how how was it watching, though? You mentioned that you were gutted. Let's just go into a little bit more of that. Was there any... I know hindsight's a great thing or whatever, and you made your decision, but were there elements of that where... Oh, fuck you me. It? Come on, you mate. Take I didn't... Piss, mate. No, no, there's no, no elements of thingy. Like I said, there was... A twinge of court, that'd be nice tonight. The feeling of that after the game, after stuffing them in their own in their own backyard, having been written off pretty much. You know what it's like, lads, after a nice victory, that taste of a, a nice Guinness afterwards, I, I, I think I, I miss that. But the fact that I actually got to enjoy it as a fan with with my boy Jasper in his full England kit, um, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, good stuff. And obviously, you know, people talk about you missing it, whatever, but you have spent quality time with the family, haven't you? You've been out in... Dubai on holiday. Bit with, of dupes, bit of dupes. Yeah, with your thong on as well. Um, yeah. Saw a lovely picture of that. How? Uh, obviously, quality family time. How was the trip? Yeah, it was lovely. Lovely little break, five nights away, guaranteed sun, and we managed to get a place that was a had a pool that was shallow enough that they didn't drown, but they could still practice swimming, <laughs> so we didn't have to be in it all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. you could just lie in the sun lounge, yeah, put the hat over your face, and then go, oh, she hasn't come up for air for a little bit yet, but... Um, <laughs> Better check on her. Yeah, no, no, leave her. She'll find her feet. No, no, days, don't get up. Leave her. She'll find her feet. And like, oh, it's been a minute. She's underwater. Oh, no, OK, we'll get in there. They don't have that uh, in Ben Benador, mate, where I go. Oh, oh, sorry, mate. Different thing. You had a bit of fun on Twitter this weekend as well, didn't you? Oh, yes. It's coming out. I, I do enjoy a bit of... It's fucking coming out. A bit of ban on there. I'm, you know, I'm not quite as controversial as, as some of... Um, my podcast mates, but well, I, just, I just say what I see. Dave Ward spat on him. You know, you know, you know that. <laughs> Good, stop being horrible, um, mate. Me and Joe, we like we like Dave. But the amount the amount of shit I got back from that is coming home tweet, and the majority coming from the Welsh. Yes. Um, I'm obviously not popular in that country for some reason, and then even to, to the point where Wales Online decided to do a whole article on it, and I was like, lads, I'd, uh, it's just lost on people. Do they not get sense of humour? Um, a bit of crack. They're Welsh, mate. Awesome. I say no more. Joe, you, you mentioned you, you had a tingling to get into the TAB, into the, into the, uh, do, do some betting, but you had a five-year-old with you. What was the insight that you had? I, I didn't bet because I had a five-year-old with me, but also because I don't bet on rugby. Correct. Correct answer. Okay. okay. But I just had a funny feeling that Ireland haven't, they just didn't seem to be fitting or coping well with we'd be in favourites of it and everyone right in England off and with the quality of the team that Eddie had picked and all the boys back, all the big boys back, it was like, I, I think that's a dangerous animal to be to be writing off the England boys going over there. Joe, I've no questions for you. I just wanted to let that's... you know that I'm still here, mate. And uh, <laughs> that uh, I've heard that you're the weirdest rugby player on the pitch ever. So your reputation uh, precedes you. But the Lord of uh, Ireland and Ulster, Rory Best, says you're all right. So there you go, mate. <laughs> well, um, I don't know what you want me to say to that, Dazza. Just say it's um, fucking coming home. It's coming home, mate. <laughs> it's coming home, mate. It's nice. coming home. Uh, one thing I, wa I want to ask you about, obviously, because he's a mate of yours. Uh, fucking drop the wardy stuff, mate. mate. No, no, I'm just going to his mate as well, Carl Sinclair. Hurt me old yeah. or um, Obviously, <laughs> Pete Omani's called Drop the Sea Bond on, on him. Um, Hamani. Um, it's the Mars. I, I think that's fair, is it, or not? 
It's what? a mall, ref. It's a mall. It's a mall. It's a mall. <laughs> no, no, it's O'Mahony. What are you on about? I'm a honey. You know, is he a sea bomb or is he is he all right? Who? Sinclair. He's called him a. He's bomb, no. He's yeah. Is, is he hard or not? He thinks he's a, like he's Billy Blowbags. Is he hard or not, like me? <laughs> he's, he's a quality top international player, mate. Like me. <laughs> he's like I said, he's a top international quality player. Um, I thought that was a good bit of crack. There's obviously not any love lost between the two of them. It's an entertainment sport, isn't it? Joe, we're going to let you go back to the pool and look after your kids, mate. Yeah, that's great of you. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Oh, our pleasure, lads. I hope to see Bye, you Joe. all too. And you can uh, catch Joe Marler in full force on uh, First Row Problems, his uh, new podcast, which is on patreon.com. It's fucking coming home. It's coming home. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I was still playing for England 25 grand. What do you guys make of O'Mahony's Seabomb? Uh, oh, fair play. I like O'Mahony. I'm a big fan of him. Mm. But Sinclair, I mean, he best be hard. He, he best be hard. The cashew nut, I tell you. Like, he's, <laughs> he, does, he has some strut on him, doesn't like, he? What? I mean, he's a good player. He's a good player in the loose, that's for sure. But you can just see, that's what, that was not a big moment, but that was a kind of another moment that you could see that they were under the slippers of Ireland, couldn't you? Yeah. Obviously, Sinclair. Because now nothing can happen. Like, imagine him doing that against O'Connell or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Back in the, in the glory days of the old school. Or... A Malcolm O'Kelly, he's getting, oh, it's black and white now. We're going back, black and white TV, or a Shane Byrne. He'd have got filled in. He would have got the headbutt, mate. The head, the head, <laughs> the head would have come straight down onto. I mean, he's the size of a rhino, so I don't know what would have happened. Love him or loathe him, he's there getting under their skin, and you know sometimes it works for you. It definitely worked. You know, England were edgy. You know, you, you saw Curry getting into Sexton a lot as well, and it put Ireland off their stride. And that was obviously part of the of the plan. They came to Twickenham last year, had it their own way, dominated the game. You go back to the game two years ago when England were over there going for the Grand Slam. Ireland bullied England. Ireland dominated the collisions. And it was just a little bit of payback. So, um, you know, life is good. England are the best team in the world. Yes, we are. Joe Smith mentioned that the changing room was pretty quiet beforehand. Is a changing room usually pretty quiet beforehand or like in, in international rugby? or Seems like a sort of hindsight kind of comment. It's kind of there's probably been like um, loads of games for the past couple of years where Joe's thought before the game it's a wee bit quiet, and then they've gone out and hosed Scotland or Italy. Um, (laughs) But no, you know what I mean. It's one of those, and then afterwards you start when you're trying to dissect it. I see no reason for it to be any quieter. It's like a similar personnel, not a load of changes, load of excitement around the game. I thought the stadium was a wee bit flatter than it had been. Um, And like I know we're because we dominated, man. That's Uh, why England had a had a night out before they. Left Portugal, clearly still a big part of the game. Jim, I know you guys used to do that a lot with Saracens, go out and get on the booze to bring the team together. Is that something that you think is a, is a positive for the current England team? Right, what's clearly. The, what, what's the truth? Do you, do you have any insight into this? I, no, that's the first I've heard of it. Like They've probably gone to a pub and had a couple of beers together and Farrell's like, right, lads, lads, back to rooms, let's, <laughs> let's get our heads on, we've got a game in three weeks. <laughs> they ain't getting hosed like you get hosed properly as a team in the old days. Well, they, they ain't whipping out cigarettes after 20 pints <laughs> and, a good old, and, you know, and a few shirts been ripped open and Eddie's been slapped on the head like a fried egg. <laughs> I think what it's about is they've spent a good amount of time together uh, in Portugal. They haven't trained the house down in terms of flogging players. Owen Farrell's the leader now, you know, and there's been a seismic shift here. We've, we've beaten the best team in the world yes, we have. away from home. Owen Farrell's been captain. This whole question over the leadership now of, you know, Dylan Hartley, blah, blah, that's gone. That has got to have gone now. Jamie George was phenomenal. So there's now uh, a clear pathway to what has worked, what we've been through, where we've got to. And Owen Farrell's the captain. You know, give him the armband and say, he's my captain, come what may now, uh, unless obviously he's injured. But he hasn't rinsed them to death in terms of training. They've had a bit of fun. They've had a few beers. You know, there's a forum there where, you know, there's confidence. You get Mako and Billy in a team, I don't care what team it is. Those two, players look around and go, fuck, today's going to be a good day. You know, (laughs) if I do anything, I'm just going to run next to him because I'm going to get my hands free. He's going to get his hands free. I'm going to get the ball, get offloads. He's going to be over the gain line. It's going to be an easy clear out, whatever it is. You look around that change room now, there's some quality operators. What do you think think players were looking at when they they looked at you in the change room (laughs) with the gloves on? What do you think they're saying? Do you think they're looking over and they're like, it's going to be hell of a night tonight, hell of a night out? (laughs) I say the same with you, Jim. They're like, fuck me, we're losing this game with that clown playing it. No, no, they're looking at me and thinking we're going to war with this bloke. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Dining hell. There's 10 penalties to the opposition straight oh, away, sort of thing. Mero's out for eight weeks now. How big of a blow is that for England? He did let out a big old scream on the pitch on ref mic, so it must have been bad Yeah. Uh, for a start. I, th- I thought he was awesome as well at the weekend. 
But how good was Courtney Laws when he came on? That tackle on Red Ringrose. Yeah. Game changer. Yeah, it was. That was that that was the turning point of Ireland not getting back into the game whatsoever. That tackle from Courtney Laws. So mate, obviously it'll be a huge loss, naturally, but they're well covered. It is a position, you know, you, you look at uh, no doubt Courtney Laws starts this weekend with Cruzo, and then you've got Joe Launchbury coming on the bench as well. And another thing actually, he's just made the substitution to take Cruz off, bring Courtney Laws on. Then Marrow goes down, and you're like, oh, shit the bed. Nathan Hughes actually came on, packed down the second row, and you know Jim's not a big fan of Nathan Hughes, but I thought he went pretty well there. Well, should we get on to the, uh, big the, one. the opening game oh, the of opening. the tournament? Uh, Wales going away to Paris and getting the, getting the victory. How French? Nothing more needs to be said. Like, that, them two words, basically, and I don't want to stereotype, but I am. You look at it, and there is no two words that sum up that game than them two. George North's two tries, you're looking at them going, you actually can't figure out which one's more French. I was like, so happy Hugé made the mistake because he's a horrible bloke, Hugé. But you got a, like a silky back throw player going down on a ball on his own line and he couldn't give two frigs. And then you've got a 125kg lock throwing a 20 metre miss pass in the pitch and rain when you're two points up with eight minutes yeah, to go. What it's, the hell? Which one is more, like it's just phenomenal. Valmahina's one is the most clueless bit of rugby you'll ever see. <laughs> You're, imagine being six foot eight. And <laughs> Run onto the ball. Yeah, 130 clicks and you're thinking, do you know what? It's pissing out. I can see George North. He's going to bite in. I'm just going to float this one over the top. Miss out on Tamak. Miss out a couple of other players. Oh no, George North picks it up. Try. Game's over. I mean, it was a floated pass as well, wasn't it? What an absolute clown. <laughs> it was upright. Here's the Audi carrier bag. Ooh, oh God. Shocking, um, and it's you know it put a big smile on my face because um, you know as you know I love the French, don't I? Oh, I feel bad, but bagging them all the time. But they've almost become a little bit of a laughing stock, haven't they? Yeah. With how professional the game's gone and the amount of money in the game now, it, you're almost laughing at it, aren't you? You watch Toulon, obviously the Edinburgh games that they lost back to back, Montpellier with the amount of money that they've got as well. Apart from Toulouse, Stade Français now and again, the rest is just. It can just become a bit of a laughing stock. Did you see Antonio, the 24 stone prop? Half time, he goes in, comes out. He's like literally waddling out there in the second half. He could barely walk. Yeah, yeah. And you look at the tighter prop that comes off the bench, uh, Demba Bamba. He was good though. Size of him as well. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a young lad. He's, he's a good yeah, player. Yeah. I, I think, uh, just talking of young lads, one of the positives for France is the young lads that they brought on. Like some of them were caught. I know they obviously, it was, Marshall, the, pa- it was, the, it was yeah. the pass. The, the, the pass has absolutely done them. <laughs> like, that's it. So there's this thing that's come out in the French uh, press at the moment where Vahamehina didn't even know he was captain. Wayne Barnes asked the French for a decision and um, he said, I don't know, ask my captain. He said, well, you are the captain. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this up, can you? Who are the coaches? Who are the decision makers on the field? I don't know. I don't know. We're in Gaza. He is in, the, he is in Dublin. <laughs> I mean, it's just... You can't make this up. It's at that stage whereby if it was like if it was a made up story, it wouldn't be funny anymore. Like, yeah, we get the joke. Like the French yeah. are all over the place. Do you know what I mean? Like we've heard it before, we've yeah. seen it. And then that happens. And then when that happens, then you find out he didn't know he was captain. And then he uses it as an excuse for throwing a twenty meter miss pass. I didn't know I was captain, so I thought, fucking throw it. <laughs> I don't like being captain, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I was just saying it's before, Casey. Be that's funny. why we're laughing about it. Yeah, it is laughing. It's, 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 it's embarrassing. The amount of money over there, yeah. like tactically, a lot of their where they. I mean, Wales didn't play very well, did they? Like they, they you know, they just didn't. They, they didn't start very well, and they obviously still won the game. But you look at that. France ain't going to be any better than that. No, I mean, you guys have both played there. I haven't played there. Yeah, yet. Anyone? I'm joking. But it's obviously not just the coaching and the national setup. It's obviously the coaching right from when they're leaving academies. Yeah. When you, if you have players that you know are thinking that that's what you like, just, if that was any of the other Six Nations teams, Barfin, he probably would have had a go. But um, name me another second row that thinks about chucking out pass <laughs> in I the world. About it a few times. <laughs> <In> <laughs> the world. It, did, it did cross my mind. Any other team just goes a couple of phases. Just nudges it down into the corner and says, "Where you go, uh, you know, score a try from ninety-five meters," yeah. and then they just, you know, not straight, collapse scrum, and it just eight minutes is gone like that, and you've just won your first game of Six Nations, yeah. and they're twenty minutes. Like it's just, but it's it must be from when they're eighteen through the clubs, it, it and you know, it can't just be the the national coaches. It must be just their oh, it's culture. It, it's their culture. Like when I played there, there's no structure, you know, and I'm like, how, how have we got no structure? How have we not got? 
at least how like do you a, say, how do you say that in French? A, a say, you go in the same way for three phases. Le même. And then Le you même. play what you see. Le même is the same. Um, or you go in a twenty-one pattern, or you you know you're hitting straight back to the forwards need to know what they're doing, how they're doing it, when they're doing it. They need telling. Yes or no, Jim? We. Oui. Exactly. <laughs> right? But they're like, just play. Play, 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 play. See, at the weekend, they, they did all the hard work. So the box kick goes up. This is the time where the French need to listen to the French. Kick at the balls. <laughs> <laughs> they need to kick again. No, I'm just going to lob a plastic bag. I'm Captain Birdseye. I don't even know that I'm Captain Birdseye. <laughs> You're captain or not captain. Mm. Just don't throw the pass. I mean, cowboys. My conversations in, when I was in France was, Jim, c'est bon? I just used to say, no, très fatigué encore, which basically means I'm tired again. And they just go, oui, le même. That was it. That was my, my basically my interaction in French every day. Because you train, like literally they train 14 hours a day doing... I, I don't know, offloads. We used to train. Just play. <laughs> we used to train eight o'clock in the morning. So I'm, I don't think most of the lads have had any breakfast. We used to train for two hours, come back in at, so eight, no, at 10. We used to come back in at 10. And then for breakfast, you're thinking eggs, you're thinking bacon, you're thinking anything substantial. Not Chinese good. Uh, no, it's not all substantial. Pan au chocolat. Croissant. Yeah. We. Oui. Croissant and Keller's cornflakes with chocolate bits in them. That was it. What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> I had a pan of raisin this morning. Rennie Ranger, he had a Marlboro Light in his mouth, smoking away as well. So, say recovery, mon ami. On the flip side, from the Welsh perspective, um, a get out of jail for them, but they were impressive in that second half as well, especially um, once they had a change with uh, Bigger coming on. Yeah, I, that made a big difference because Anscombe was poor. Uh, I, I, Anscombe's a quality player and there are conditions that don't suit him. Bigger came on and... and you know, I tweeted about it. I said, if there's ever a game made for a, a fly half like him on the bench, it's that game away in France. You're losing, playing into the wind, the rain and all that stuff. And you, know, you have to look at, actually, Wales were pretty clueless at times as well in that first half. I think Bigger's got a start. I actually thought Josh Adams played well. You watch him taking kickoffs and the, the, the yardage he was getting off that, the try that he created for Thomas Williams. Um, I think there'll be some changes. I think they'll change both the halfbacks. Um, Gareth Davis will come back in. Uh, and Dan Bigger because ultimately they're going to Italy now everyone expects them to beat Italy it's actually quite a good thing for Wales to get that first win and you think back to Ireland who won the Grand Slam last year they were average against France in the first game away and it took a, a monumental drop goal from Johnny Sexton to win it that is their get out of jail free card now they go to Italy, it sharpens the mind a bit. And I think he's got to make the change to play bigger because when England play them in that third game down in Cardiff, that's going to be what looks like now, a game that will decide uh, the Six Nations possibly and big as the man to control a game like that for them. The big one for me, because I'm moving on, because I don't want to talk about the French anymore, is the Scotland-Ireland game at the weekend because if Ireland lose that, which could happen, it's amazing the turnaround, isn't it? Wales beat Italy... England beat France, of course they will. And then you look at that third game. I mean, I called it, I thought it was going to be an England-Wales 1-2. You said Wales would finish <laughs> fifth, James. No, I, th- uh, I-, I thought France were going to be third. What is wrong with me? I am so stupid. I mean, I'm England till I die. I'm England till I die. It's a squeaky bum time for Ireland, isn't it? Very much so. At the start, Ireland are going, right, we've got the two perceived, traditionally, bigger teams at home. And then we've got the three uh, meat and drinks away. Uh, so that's, that's normally Ireland's big chance at a Grand Slam. But you, suddenly you lose at home. And then you're going to flip Scotland away, and then like you, if lost you lose, there two years ago, didn't they? Yeah, and then you're playing Italy for a wooden spoon decider. That's <laughs> what Jim used to do, mate. Nothing wrong with that. People in Ireland last week are talking about you know if we win the Grand Slam by X points, we'll go to number one in the world. That's what the, sort of the chat was. If you beat arrogant each team Irish, by uh, a certain amount, you will overtake New Zealand as the best team in the world. Do you guys want to talk about Scotland and Italy? I thought we'd already started on next week. Yeah, of course we do. I'm, I'm bored of that already. Why? Now. Why? Mate, you were you were hashtag always Edinburgh two weeks ago. Yeah, I like Edinburgh. You know, Cockers and are now, great. Mate. It's going to be the Grand Slam decider down at Twickenham. So oh, you best get your act together, <laughs> mate, and learning some names. Um, yeah, it was, mate, it was all right. It was an all right game. There ain't too much to talk about it really. Foregone conclusion. Blair King on hat trick. I, I love Finn Russell. He's like the magician, isn't he? He you was, know? and you know, he was literally playing like he was just having a kick about down the park. Scotland didn't really get out of third gear either to be honest a couple of moments like you mentioned Finn Russell did you see that I mean you'll appreciate a kick Goody did you see it yeah unbelievable that is ridiculous eh there's not many of us that can do that under well, pressure that's what Valmarina was trying to do he was yeah <laughs> <laughs> thinking about it yeah Sam Skinner went off he would be a big loss because if anything where Scotland are depleted with Ireland coming 
in the position where they're probably struggling now with Stander uh, being injured as well, their star man is in the back row. But Jamie Ritchie, he was outstanding, the young lad. He's he, good, him. He's quality, mate. Quality player. I think he's only 21 as well. Mate, they're so young. Uh, we mentioned Finn. Mate, fours did well. They competed hard at the breakdown and although that was a positive for the game in Scotland, good, are you awake or not? Yeah. <laughs> um, the late rally from uh, Italy, will that be a concern for Scotland moving forward? A little bit. Um, a lot of changes. Flurry of changes from Scotland. And as I say, they made a couple of mistakes at the breakdown. Italy, Pavlova, whatever his name is, the young back row who came on, he looked good for them. And that was it, mate. It was a foregone conclusion. Unfortunately, we had Connor on last week. Um, in the lead-up to the game, apparently, a few of the Italian boys were ill. There was a sickness bug going around. That, they had to carry one of them off the plane or something who was that ill. I had to carry one of the lads off the plane. He didn't have enough energy to walk down the steps once they got to Edinburgh. So literally carried him off the plane. I think he then played 80 minutes as well. Are you joking? No, no, no. Um, but Scotland took their foot off the gas, made changes. Finn Russell comes off. And, you know, Italy got a couple of consolation tries, which um, is great for Italy to give them something to hang their hat on because obviously they had all these illnesses and, and things went against them in the build-up. But um, it was comfortable for Scotland, wasn't it? And looking forward to this weekend, if you look at the centre, the number 12, Sam Johnson, the coach is massive fans of him. Like Glasgow, Dave Rennie said that he would... <laughs> I don't know why you would say this, Dave Rennie. Good enough to play for Australia. Good enough to play for Australia. Doesn't mean you're good enough to play for Scotland, but he is. He's quality in traffic as well because, again, the injuries that they've had. Alex Dunbar is, is now back. He's, he's actually at Newcastle. Duncan Taylor being the big one. If they're a little bit light in direction... It's uh, it's in that twelve. Hugh Jones is thirteen. Yeah, I just Ashtag has one. He's a he, he is a good player. Played against him a few times. And if you think back to that, was it Saracens that um, in round six was it? Yeah, and he threw an absolute beauty off the left. Yeah, he did. Um, remember early on, yeah, big miss and Hoggy yeah. got down and put Tommy Seymour in the corner maybe. Yeah. But I remember thinking, who the f- threw that? Yeah. Let's get into the predictions for round two now. And a reminder, we're running a rugby pod league on the Guinness Match Pint app. Uh, so you can get involved at home and make your predictions too. Just download the Match Pint app, head to the league tab and enter the code RUGBYPOD to join our league and have a chance to win lots of great prizes like tickets and uh, pints on there as well. Yes, yeah, so Scotland can uh, make it their biggest winning uh, run at home in the Six Nations, uh, if they beat Ireland at home this weekend in the opening round uh, or the opening game of the weekend, do you think they can do it? You see, I, I, did, I hope not. You see, I didn't give a confident yes. The reason why I'm not that confident is because if Ireland lose this game, it becomes catastrophic for them because of the expectation on Ireland going into this tournament and then obviously the World Cup. It'd be very different if Ireland won at the weekend or didn't play as badly as they did. That's where I'm now a little bit worried for Scotland. But Scotland weren't tested against Italy at the weekend, really. No disrespect to Italy. Whereas Ireland are pretty bashed up. Physically, how are they going to turn up? Well, they've got to turn up. Mentally, they're, they're going to be desperate for the win. I just look. I'd be surprised if Scotland win. They can do it. But I agree with you. I think the danger just with Scotland is we didn't learn anything about them at the weekend. No. Like we know they're loose as a goose. We know they can do that. Um, you think back to November, opportunities to exit from their own twenty-two against South Africa, and then they start messing around yeah. and you're gifting out tries. And that is just the question mark with Scotland. If they can sort of um, get the balance between reining in the flare with a bit of sort of match smarts, they can beat anyone. I just think that Ireland are going to be in a lot of pain after the weekend. You know, and, and you could see the hurt in, in Joe Schmidt's interview as well. It's not often he gets outthought, outcoached. When was the last time you've seen Ireland bullied like they were? So they'll be chomping at the bit. I just think the ramifications of losing the way they did to England, they'll uh, go and host Scotland by 60. Biggest game of the Six Nations for Ireland, this one. Biggest it's game. Beca- it's become it now, yeah, because if we lose, we're in a bit of a uh, shit. Italy, Wales. Um, yeah, Wales, there's nothing actually better for a Welsh team. The week before you go into Italy, which everyone's expecting you to win, it is a massive banana skin, but they've played averagely against a French team, yet still got the win. And Gatlin talks about the team have forgotten how to lose. They've stayed over in France, haven't they? They've gone on some training camp to Nice. It will sharpen the mind. Nice, nice. It will sharpen the mind because third game, you know, everyone's expecting Wales to go to Italy win. They'll win by 20 points, but it's, for them it's all about now. Game three, without disrespecting Italy, Game three is the Grand Slam decider between them and England. So just to wrap it up, everyone here is going England and Wales to win. And what are we what are we doing for Scotland and Ireland, Jim? 
Oh, I'm going Scotland. What? I'm changing my mind. You have to. I'm changing mind. my mind. I've changed my mind at the last minute. Jim, you're wrong, man. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I can that. <laughs> oh, I'm going Ireland. To the guys, come on. I'm going Ireland. Come on, Ireland. <laughs> yes, right. goody. Okay. Let's have a look at the rumour mill. You guys got anything floating around? Well, you know, there's um, a little bit come out in the media today. It's, it, you know, it's actually not big talking news because we spoke about it a few weeks ago. But, you know, Elliot Daly is definitely leaving Wasps and he's under contract apparently and he's he's still leaving, Goody. I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at the details and, and the facts. and Just to let everyone know, Elliot Daly, it's been announced he's leaving Wasps. He's signing for Saracens. This ain't about a training ground because Saracens' training grounds are shambles as well, isn't it? Yeah, good good blokes though. Good blokes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this isn't about a training ground, you know, he has got that in his contract as a as a clause to get out, but he is leaving Wasps because he wants to go and play for Saracens. He wants to go been, and win things. Well, Saracens have told him he'll play 13. You know, he's best mates with Jamie George and, you know, a big team like Saracens comes after you and doubles your cash. You oh, find... I don't know if they've doubled his cash, good. Come on. So, Mate. dress it up however you want. This is about Elliot Daly going to the top club in England right now, being told he will play 13, poor old Nick, Tom- Nick Tompkins, you know, and it's a it's a big call for Elliot Daly because... Oh, it's not that big a call. Well, it is and it isn't. When you look at his aspirations at England position, Elliot Daly wants to play 13. He would rather play 13 for England, but he's playing at fullback. He ain't ever playing fullback for Saracens. If Eddie Jones says to him, mate, you're my fullback, you've got to be playing fullback every week, he ain't ever playing fullback at Saracens is he? with Alex Gooden and Liam Williams there. Any other rumours floating around? Well, London Irish are spending big. We mentioned Nick Phipps last week, I think, yeah, going. Yeah, so that's, that's, that. yeah, that's been confirmed. Yep. Naholo, if that's not been confirmed, I reckon that's going to come out this week as well. Naholo to where? Naholo to, to Irish. It. Oh, OK. N- nowhere else. Irish national team. <laughs> <laughs> no. You spoke to a London Irish KV or not? No. They're, they're spending big. Don't know anyone there. Nothing. Oh, there's something that you oh, went to. Oh, no, 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 no. Why are you no. in London with the misses? <laughs> yeah. Hamilton the musical? Of Mate, course. you ain't come yeah. all the way to London yeah. to watch Hamilton yeah. the musical. Big thank you to Esport Heath for getting me tickets. Yeah, no problem. Great okay. agency. Are they? Yeah, I said to them, uh, can I get tickets to that Hamilton show? And they said, look, we asked before, and uh, Prince Harry and Meghan, you know, had to pay for their tickets. Is that what you said? This is Mr. and Mrs. C over from Belfast. Tell them to piss off and get the tickets sorted. <laughs> and the fact that you're on the podcast as well. And yeah, he was so, like, yeah, you know, if you're on the podcast, you're fucking right. You can so, go. A couple so, hundred quid later, here we go. Another big rumour. Oh. Brody Retallick. I can't see it. A million quid a year to sale. Can't see it, mate. Post-World Cup. No, can't see that. Say he's on 400 grand, which that's the ballpark he's on in New Zealand. You sign a three-year deal on a million quid a year. If that's one. That's three mil. That's 1.8 million extra to what you're on now. I can't see it. They were looking at Yeg de Lude, is that how you say his name? <laughs> Lude de Jager. <laughs> yeah, who's drinking Jager balls? We'll just call him Jager. They were looking at him. Where's Jason Orange's brother got all this money from up in sale? They've got a lot of cash. Where? They, where? They've also not spent anywhere near the salary cap over time. They've been saving it. Well, they've got space in the salary cap. They've got multi-millionaire owners and they've just had the windfall from CBC, so do the maths. They can spend up to the salary cap. Well, they were looking at Dave Atwood and Jagerbomb as well. And well, Dave no. Atwood's going to Bristol. I know, that's what I mean, Bristol's. Yeah. Any other rumours? James Hook to Racing. They've got him on the hook. Get it? Got oh, him. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... Well, they're obviously in the market, aren't they, for someone that can be there during the international windows. It seems, obviously, Lambie, retired... There was talk of Carter going there and Hooky rang me and said, can you put my name in there? So that's what we've done. <laughs> <laughs> so that is what we've done, Hooky. So hopefully, fingers crossed, mate. The good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you this week by The Telegraph. Make sure you're ahead of the game, the Six Nations, with a sports subscription from The Telegraph. There's great insight in there on the Premiership and Pro 14, as well as the international game. And Rugby Pod listeners get a free month and then get it for the three months at half price. So that's just 50p a week. So make sure you're in the know with The Rugby Pod and The Telegraph and just head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash The Rugby Pod to get your 30-day free trial and three months half price see what they've done in the know these catchphrases because if you don't read the paper you wouldn't be in the know no so see no (laughs) (laughs) idiots idiots anyway the good this week uh obviously loads of good and it's not gonna be hard to work out where it's going but uh we'll start off with a country that doesn't often get in the good but it's italy and it's not the team it's one player, Sergio Parise, overtaking Brian O'Driscoll and setting a new record for the most appearances in the history of the Guinness Six Nations tournament. A fantastic achievement by him. How he's still going with the way he plays is beyond me, but 
fair play to him. Uh, Blair Kinghorn, and especially Finn Russell, the matador, the magician, whatever you want to call him. But Blair Kinghorn, the first Scot to score a hat-trick in the Six Nations since 1989. Hell of an effort from him. Two gimmies, but one decent finish. Scotland were pretty good to start off with. Finn Russell as well, we spoke about him. Um, what else was good this week? CJ Stander, although in a losing team, what a hero he is. Made 18 tackles with a fractured cheekbone and eye socket. But he still carried on, barring up, uh, being physical. That was pretty good. Uh, but for me, the good this week just has to go to England. The best team in the world right now. Till we die, we're, we're English, English till we die. You know I am, I'm sure I am, I'm England till, till I die. die. Marco Vanapola especially, making 23 tackles. Talking um, of English... <laughs> Sorry, why have been horrible, Kevin? Jamie George, 19 tackles. Mark Wilson uh, made a huge amount as well. It was England's best performance for me under Eddie Jones in terms of f- physicality. Uh, a massive tip of the hat to John Mitchell as well uh, for his defence and how physical they were. Just outstanding, really. So the good this week goes to England for beating Ireland away for just the third time in the Six Nations era. Uh, bad. A few bad bits this week. Stephen Larkham being dismissed as Australia attack coach seven months out from the World Cup for differences in philosophy and a row with Michael Checker. You don't have a difference of opinion with Checker, do you? No, you don't. You sacked. Well, that's what's happened. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's what's happened. Um, that's pretty bad, but only one place to go for the bad this week. And it's all things bad. The French, Johan Huger slip. Do you remember he took that dive against Bath a few years ago? Probably should have dived on the ball a bit like that, son. You might not have given the trial away oh, to George North. Come on, mate. You don't need to go back. Sebastian Varmahina's pass. What are you doing? I not even know I am Capitan. And he doesn't uh, even speak like that. this. Absolute now, shambles, the French. 16-0 up at half-time. Second half, not understanding how to play the game, to win the game. Game management, the lot. Absolute shambles. Blowing the biggest ever lead in the history of the Six Nations Championship. The bad this week goes to the French. So French. French. Uh, ugly, a couple of bits of ugly this week, but mainly all to do with the press. I'll start off with some journo that I've got no idea why people talk about him. Stephen Jones, absolute clown. No, he's not. He's had me in the British and Irish Lions team. So. Therefore, he's a clown. <laughs> saying, why are you laughing? He's called Keith Earls a stopgap at international level. How disrespectful is that? Really ugly media attention from Stephen Jones. But the ultimate ugly this week, for another slant, another abusive line on someone uh, it goes to Matt Williams the old Scotland coach well yeah. no not, not just the old Ulster coach the old Ulster coach <laughs> legendary Scotland coach saying he's seen milk turn faster than Robbie Henshaw what a stupid thing to say why does milk turn slow well it takes time for yeah, milk to turn it takes a couple of weeks a week, a week or so doesn't it do you get it, oh, do you well, that's pretty slow yeah. um, so the ugly this week goes to some of the Irish media and English media Stephen Jones and Matt Williams hang your heads in shame boys Thanks, Scooty, Jim, Darren, producer Tim, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our new Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. The rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Rugby pod. <laughs> That's good. <laughs>